Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. How long have you known the person you gave your car to who ended up stealing your money orders? He hasn't never been there. This right. is the first time I've seen him. And so, and here you are yet leaving. I didn't forget they were in there and leaving the fit. Why don't you just admit that you forgot they were in there? This is the plaintiff. Ravi Patel. He says he brought his car to the defendant's shop for an oil change, and his worker stole two money orders from inside the car. The worker denied entering his car. The security video shows he lied because he was inside the car three times, and he's suing this unscrupulous businessman for the $2,000 he's most certainly owed. This is the defendant, Charles de Alameda. He says the plaintiff has provided no proof to him or the police that he purchased money orders. And there's no way he's handing the guy two grand just like that. He thinks the plaintiff's trying to pull some sort of scam on him. Because if he did have money orders stolen, he would go to the post office to have them canceled. Owe him all this money? No way. He's accused of theft. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Million is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Patel, you're suing the car wash owned by Mr. De Almeida for $2,000, $1,500 of it for stolen money orders by an employee of his, and $500 for pain and suffering. Tell me what happened. Good afternoon, uh, the Judge. So on the morning of August 20, uh, the August 19th, I stopped by Garfield Avenue, which is uh, Mr. Charles' uh, car wash slash oil change. So I, I happily stopped for a car wash for oil change. So there wasn't nobody on the line. So I was the first one. So I put my vehicle in. Soon as I put my vehicle in, uh, it was two employees. What did you left in the car, Mr. Patel? Oh, uh, it was two money orders. It was a money order. How much were the money orders for? Fifteen hundred. One was for rent, and one was for my child support for my how, son. How much was the child support? Three hundred. Three hundred. And how much was the rent? Twelve hundred. All right. And when had you picked up those money orders? Uh, a day prior to this. Did you forget they were in the car? 
No, I didn't forget that was in the car. I placed them in the car. They, like no, normally, nobody go enters my car. Right, I know, but you know, now this isn't normally. You're giving your car over to strangers. So, uh, did you did you at that moment did you just forget they were in there? I didn't forget that was there. So then, why the, the heck wouldn't you? Then let the me car. ask you a question. Why wouldn't you pull them out before you gave them the car? I've been going to Mr. Charles. Uh, I don't care. Place for over well, years. How long have you? How long have you known the person you gave your car to who ended up stealing your money orders? He hasn't never been there. This right. is the first time I've seen him. And so, and here you are, yet leaving. I didn't forget they were in there and leaving the fifth. Why don't you just admit that you forgot they were in there? That doesn't matter. Okay. Just be honest. This, don't this tell, a, tell me you. No, it's a weird. Your Honor, so I'm sorry to talk over you, but it's the most weird thing. I've been going there for about 10 years. And anytime I get an oil change, I'm inside a car. All right? So this first time I see this video, I see this worker. He tells me to open to open my hood. I open my hood, and he tells me to get out the car to go wait inside, which I felt weird. That never ever happened. And that wasn't a clue for you to pick up your fifteen hundred dollars. I didn't think about it. I had a, I, t- I, t- I, t- I took out my car. I took out my son from a car seat. So then I, I was right when I said you forgot, right? Because you weren't thinking about it. Yeah, you weren't right. saying. Oh, uh, let me make a calculated guess. This guy I never met before is doing something really weird, asking me to leave. So let me leave $1,500 there on purpose. You didn't do that, right? So you go into the office to wait, and then what happens? When do you realize something's wrong? I go into the office, I wait. Uh, As soon as I waited, the manager hands me the receipt. So once she handles me that, I go back into the car, put my son in a car seat, start the vehicle, I realized I realized the glove compartment was open. The middle glove compartment was open. The the so as soon as, um, okay. So as soon as I realized that, I pulled on the side because like I was about to merge right to enter the watch, the watch side. So I realized it was open. So once I realized it was open, I merged to the side. I looked. I like I, I realized I was, I was missing money orders. So you pull over. You don't even go into the car wash, and then you you go inside and do you talk to the manager? So I go inside, speak to the manager. I, ask, I tell him, listen, you know what? I've been, I'm, I'm missing money orders inside my car. I ask him, did you happily see any money orders? He said, I did not go inside the car. No, I didn't see no money orders. So like, I'm not going to accuse anybody of stealing money orders if I haven't seen them. So first thing that rang my mind, I spoke to the manager. I told him, listen, I'm going to run to the post office, which I did. I went to the post office, spoke to the same lady that made my money orders. And I told her, listen, uh, the two money orders I had, like I just wanted a car wash. It was told, is there any way you could cancel the money order? He said, I can't cancel the money order. I can't cancel the money order. I can't track the money order. So first thing I did, like I ran right back. Wait, to the wait, car. wait. Why couldn't Which, she? Once they print out a money order, you can't, you can't mm-hmm. track it or nothing unless you have the money order. No. The reason she couldn't is that you stapled the, rec- the, the receipt and the money order were together. You didn't separate them. Yes, that was So together. you didn't have numbers to give her. If you could have given her numbers, she could have done something, right? Yes, you're right. Right. Okay. So, which, which emphasizes just how crazy it was to leave these things in there. Let me hear from you, Mr. De Almeida. When do you get involved? I was not on site when this occurred. Uh, I received the phone call. I was actually in Florida. And I spoke with my, you know, my person in charge. And the police came and I gave them access to my camera system. I was on FaceTime with them for well over an hour going through my camera system with them. Because if I have a thief working for me, I don't want them on site. Well, let me ask you, uh, supposedly the guy who entered his car had told him he didn't enter the car and told the police he didn't enter the car. And what did you see when you looked at the tape? 
we did see that he did go in the car. He he was he was not truthful with what he was saying, and mm -hmm. I I do understand that. I know Mr. Patel; he's been a good customer, but at this point, he could have told me there were fifteen thousand dollars worth. He of money could, but he didn't. Car. Correct, but I don't have any proof whether they were fifteen dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, or fifteen thousand dollars. So at that point, it becomes an issue of. There has to be some kind of a proof. Otherwise, I have an open door for everyone to come in and just say, oh, there was this in my car. There was that. Well, in my yes car. and no, because do you have some kind of doubt that he's truthful about what he's saying? I don't I think he's sincere. I think he's upset. I think he spotted it right away. He didn't leave the premises. He brought it to the attention of the supervisor. He re he f tried to solve it by going to the post office and then he came back. He interviewed the guy. The guy says, I was never in your car. Guy tells the police he was never in the car. Turns out he was in the car, wasn't he? Oh, and I and I and I can walk. How many times was he in with, the car? With Mr. Patel. Uh, if my recollection would be three times. Three times he went into and, Mr. And Patel's car. Not only that, we see him on video, according to you, you see him on video leaving your premises. That's in the means. middle of the work day. And I, and I, Right. And I and I am the one that, that gave you the, the police report, because, as I said, if I have a thief working, I don't want them there. Did you fire I him out uh, after? <laughs> yes. Well, let's let's go through it. First, you you threatened to fire him and the guy said, I'm going to sue you. Right. Correct. He, he threatened me with the Labor Department and he told me that his attorney told him that was not grounds for uh, me to fire him because he was not arrested and no evidence was recovered. Okay, but why would you why would you believe what he's saying? You are you can fire him for any reason. He's an at will employee at a car wash. I you just I do, understand. Yeah. So you get scared once he says that and you tell Mr. Correct. Patel, Mr. Patel, what does he tell you, Mr. Dale Mayda tell you? So he tells me when he got back, oh we could solve this. I'll I'll pay you, but I cannot pay you because He's not found guilty for it, so the only way I could pay him, if he's now no longer working here, and he's found no, guilty, it, that is not. Okay, what hold I, on. So what is it? That, hold on, Mr. Delmeda. What is it that you told him? Okay, I told him that the fact that he was not arrested and no evidence was found does not leave me grounds to number one, fire him, and number two, pay the money. Okay, first of all, that's and, not and true. You could pay the money from just a customer service standpoint because you have an employee who's a liar, and then you could fire him because your employee lied, both to the police and to one of your customers saying he was never in the car, and you have him on video going in the car. No one has to nail him to a cross for theft in order to fire him or for you to pay back. That's just nonsense. I was So now, stop, so you tell him, oh, he's gotta get arrested. So now, Mr. Patel, what do you do? You make a plan to get him arrested, just like Mr. Dale Maida asked you to. And what do you do? He sends me a text message saying, oh, he'll be here on this Sunday, or he'll be here Thursday. When he gets here at 8 o'clock, I'm going to send you a text message. He's here, and you can call the police. It was already a warrant issued for his arrest. So eight was like around whatever eight. time it was on Thursday. He texts you because I've seen the text saying he's he texts here. Me, you contact the police. There's a showdown I at the car the wash and the guy gets arrested. Right. Yep. And now exactly you, Mr. De Almeida, your hands are, are clean. You can sit back and relax because you don't you don't have to worry that the guy's going to no, sue you because he got arrested. And then you, no. Mr. Patel, say, no, no, no. OK, Mr. De Almeida, I did what you said. Can I have my $1,500? And what does Mr. Dale Almeida say to you? 
he tells me, no, there's nothing I could do. Uh, he, uh, he's not guilty. He's not guilty yet. He's not convicted. So, so we got to sit around and wait a few years for him to get convicted. Yes, then exactly. we'll talk about That's exactly what he told me. Your, All right. Your Honor, Mr. Mr. Dalmeida, what possible reason could you have to tell the guy that when you know that your employee was up to no good? You know it so much that you made sure your employee got arrested and you didn't want him working I for was, you. If it's good enough for you, why isn't it good enough for me? I was being told that this had to be solved in this type of situation in a courtroom that I could not pay him because it would be Who told you that? Guilty Who are you asking my questions of? You're the boss. Different my, the people I speak to, you know, that, that's what I was being told and that's what I believe. Well, that's ridiculous. And I a lawyer that, didn't tell you that. I, it was someone that I spoke to. I, yeah, just people, just either. gossip, just someone's, I read it on a bathroom wall. How about if your policy has something to do with decency as opposed to, hey, other people told me. Like, in a million years, if I knew that an employee of mine had just lied and had been in the car, what other reason is there for him to be in the car? We both believe Mr. Patel. We don't think Mr. Patel is milking this. He's not He's not some kind of trickster or thief. He's somebody who's been your customer for it. I know that, but that's you're treating him like he is because he tells you, I had this here. And if you believe him, then he had it there. And he tells you it's no longer here. And if you believe him, then it's no longer there. And he tells you, I think your guy did it. And if and your guy tells you, I was never in that car. And you see with your own eyeballs the videotape of him going into the car thrice. And then in the middle of the workday, leaving your building so that he can go and hide the money. I think it's pretty obvious what we all think. You think it's so much that you want to make sure the guy got arrested. So I have to imagine you think it because you don't want some decent law-abiding person to get arrested just for your benefit. So I'm going to go with the assumption that both you and I believe Mr. Patel had $1,500 worth of money orders there and your guy stole it. I also sent you text messages showing that I was cooperating with Mr. Patel, with the police. You are cooperating with everybody so long as you don't have to dig into your own pocket. You're super cooperative and polite. But you don't do the one thing that you should do, which is dig into your own pocket. Your it Honor, shouldn't be no his loss that you hire somebody of... who's a thief and who isn't adequately supervised. You know what? We're done. No. You don't get pain and suffering in a case like this, Mr. Patel. Let this be a hard lesson learned that you probably shouldn't trust everybody. And you should probably remember when you have $1,500 in the car and you should probably take it with you. In fact, I do not know why this is so hard for men to do. It's time for y'all to start carrying a purse. Because you lose your licenses, you lose your credit cards, you lose your money, and then everybody's like, oh, it's in my pocket. No, you need to know where your stuff is, okay? So there's no pain and suffering in this type of case. But I am, however, Mr. De Almeida, ordering you to pay him back $1,500 because the standard of proof in a civil case is more likely than not. I don't need to wait till some other judge or jury finds him guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. That's not the standard in a civil case. You owe him the $1,500 verdict for the plaintiff. Thank you. Thank you, Honor. So the plaintiff is going to get his $1,500 from the car wash owner. Uh, Mr. Day, let me ask you something. Number one, what do you think about the judge's decision? I'm at peace with it. You are? Why didn't you give me some money back? I mean, he was a good customer, a great customer service, don't you think? The main, the main problem was that there was no proof of how much the money orders actually were because it, it, he could have sent any amount. And, and I'm not accusing him of lying, but I feel there's a burden of proof on his end as well. 
Well, hey, they, they met the burden of proof with the judge. Uh, yeah. Mr. Patel, congratulations. And I think you've learned a hard lesson, haven't you? I have. I have. You know, I, no, normally you will understand people. Then you nice to people. You call, you say you do what they ask for, but it's for their own benefit. So his benefit was to get the guy fired. So he was sworn, which I will never ever go back there. And I recommend other people not to even go back there. Yeah, Thank you. See, I was just going to ask you if you go back. See, he lost a customer. He lost I'll a valuable customer, there. and that's a shame. So, Doug, this is interesting. This is a civil case, which means all you have to do is prove it's more likely than not that the guy stole the money. If this were a criminal case, it would probably go differently, because in a criminal case, you have to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. That is a very high standard, and I don't think it's been met. We have property on the river that's right next to the homeowners association property. We've never fenced it and we've let people use it for fishing, riding and walking. Can the homeowners association claim it as theirs after years of using it? Can we be held liable if anyone gets hurt on it? I think homeowners should always be mindful of whether they have, most places require you to fence around a pool, for example. But if you've got people who are accessing your property all the time like that, and on a riverbank, um, there's potential liability. Normally, you're not liable to a trespasser, um, but if a trespasser was a child and there, there was a dangerous condition there, nuisance there, maybe they had a rope swing near the, near the water or who yeah. knows what, a swing set, and the child fell in, yeah, there could be liability. For I, I think like it's that. a very bad idea not to fence right. that. And uh, yeah. I know people may think that sounds unneighborly, but when someone gets hurt, they're going to sue your homeowners. Now, as to the adverse possession, that's a concept in the law that says, I've used your property right. Right. for 20 years, so now, or for X years, so I right. should be able to use, keep using your property. But you want to talk about that? Well, that varies by statute from state to state, obviously. It would be what you call adverse possession. Sometimes they call it an easement by prescription. It says, oh, that people can come and go on your property because they've always come and gone on your property. And in Florida, I think the rule is 20 years. In other states, it might be less time. But in order to nip it in the bud, just put a little fence there and, and, and close it off and make sure yeah. everybody stays safe and you don't have those problems. This is the plaintiff, Ronald Wright. He says he sells sneakers online and sold a pair to the defendant, who's now posting lies about him selling fakes. He was almost in tears when he saw it because he has built up his business over the years since he left the military, and it's an outrageous lie. He's here suing the defendant for the $5,000 he surely owed because his business has been impacted negatively. This is the defendant, Janeo Rogers. He says he purchased a pair of fake Jordan sneakers from the plaintiff, and the guy refuses to admit they're counterfeit. He alerted the Nike Fraud Division. It's important to warn people to stay away from this seller because he sells bogus shoes, and he owes him nothing. He's accused of making false accusations. The defendant has fought a countersuit for $390, the amount he paid for the false Nikes. All parties, 
Please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff sold the defendant an authentic pair of Air Jordans and says that the defendant is now stiffing him. But the defendant says the sneakers were bogus, fakes, and he's not paying the scamming plaintiff a penny for the junk. It's the case of they ain't Jordans, no bull. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Wright, doing business as Schumers, you are suing Mr. Rogers for $5,000 for defamation based on comments that he made online regarding a pair of shoes he bought from you. Tell me what happened here. Well, um, Judge Miliano, it is a blessing to be on your show. God bless. I wanted to say um, real fast, I have a list as well as cards to explain in detail what Janiah Rogers did in regards to not only him doing, I have threats that he was going to defame my business. I got the actual proof that he defamed my business. He threatened me twice um, in regards to, I don't know what he's meaning. He's saying, you know, it's going to be a day of reckoning. He put all this on Facebook. Either right, that but what happened? You sold him a pair of sneakers. How do you two know each other? I barely know him. I, 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 we, went to high, we went to grade school, middle school together. He was in my band. I thought he was a cool dude. I do know that he did marry my cousin. Okay. And so what is it that yeah. he was in the market for? He was in the market for a pair of, I want to say either a 1989 or 1999 Jordan 4 um, um, cements. And that was one of the problems that we was dealing with because I think he got the wrong um, shoe. I, I put up the shoes right here. These are the shoes right here. Same shoes. I put these up. It is all in the text message that this is the shoe that he wanted. Right here. The same material. Yeah, turn the shoe around. Let me see the back of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Turn it around again. Yeah. Turn mm-hmm. it around. Let me see the bottom of it. Okay. Whose shoe is that? This is my son's. Right. Okay. And this is the same shoe. Uh, of course, it's going to be different. On the, on the, on the shoe that I sent Janaea, it has what they call the that the, the, has the jump man on there, which means it's a different type of Jordan Ford cement. That's Wait, what, that what does is. that mean that but it's it re- a different type? Why wouldn't that mean it's a fake? It is, which is what he's complaining it's not about. A fake. It's not going to be a fake um, judgment in terms of the first sale, United States first sale doctrine law. Oh, we'll talk about the law the in a second. Yeah, the yes. question is, he's buying a real Nike a very Air Jordan. real shoe. Okay, so, yes. so there's no question that you are saying that what you sent to him is a real Nike Air Jordan, right? That's what you're saying? Yes. It, okay. Right, original so, brand material. Right. Yes. Okay. So are you saying <laughs> that Nike Air Jordans came out at some point with the jump man in the back of the, of the shoe rather than the Nike Air emblem? Yes, ma'am. It is. What year did they come out like that? Yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's what I was just saying. On either 88 or 1989. Did you? What was it you sold him? I sold him the 89. The 89, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I, sold well, him the 89. I need to know that you're not mistaken. So, do you have the actual paperwork from the order, or you know, screenshots of of the order? You know, here is what you put: 2019 Jordan 4 Retro. So you're supposed yes. to be sending him 2019. Right. Right. That's right. right. Okay. So that's what you sold him, right? No, ma'am. Why does it say 2019 bread there? Well, the reason why I put it on there, I put that on there to show you that that's the shoe that 
he had um, asked for that. That's just, that's just, that's the yes, same I know. That's this. my question. What was he? What did yeah, he think he was buying? Was he thought he was buying 2019. All right. So now let's. What ends up happening? You ship him the shoes. He pays you a total of how much? 390. He pays me 390. Okay. Then you order the shoes, and when the shoes come, you take pictures and video of the shoes and send it to him before you mail it out to him. Correct? Yes. Video and pictures that he can blow up specifically right because i wanted to make sure that he got exactly what he wanted can you talk here's a couple of photos and then you send some photos and according to yes. you he should reject yes. them right now why should he well, re- reject no <laughs> yes and I, yes and he reject them and either and i do it with all my customers i say either say yay or nay and i always say uh, and i gave him the video right there that you that you're looking at right now so he will specifically know what he's getting into, what he's getting. I always do that for all of my customers. Can you stop talking? Okay. So then you mail it to him and you receive him, Mr. Rogers, and what seems to be the problem? Hey, as soon as I opened these shoes, I knew better. First of all, it started with the box. That box is not the box those shoes come in. I'm an avid Nike Jordan collector. I got I got a box right here that those shoes come in because I had those shoes before. Okay, let me see the box you have there. This is the box they're supposed to come in. Okay. The exact box, Ron. Now, what I want to understand is every time that a new iteration of the shoe comes out, it's always going to be the same box? With that version, the threes... It comes with that flight box. You look at the tongue on those shoes, it says flight with the jump man under it. Okay, so go on. Well, how else did you know? Oh, pick the shoe up. I sent you guys a shoe. You, you picked did. that shoe up. I haven't had a piece of evidence in my hands in two years. I haven't been able to touch evidence with this remote stuff and COVID, COVID, COVID. It's a beautiful And he moment. is so upset at you, Mr. Wright, that he actually shipped the darn shoes to me. So give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> Look at that box. I mean, ask your bailiff. He might collect Jordan. <laughs> why? Why you say that? Why, why you got to say that about him? How do you know I don't collect them? You don't know that. Look at that shoe. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Check out the quality of that shoe. Has nothing to do with the quality. <laughs> what do you mean it has nothing it has to, do to do with the quality? quality. He's, tra- he, no, he's it asking doesn't. me no, to look doesn't. at the quality to decide whether or not you're pawning a fake on him. He says these I aren't know, real Air Jordans. I know, but it has nothing Jordans. to do with it. No, it does not. Quality has nothing, has to, do nothing to do with whether these are real? What? Not really. Not really. Okay. It only has to do with the material. Yep. What do you mean? Sure, Tell me about that. Material. Wait, wait, wait. What check did you mean check. by that? It only has to do with the material. Okay. The first sale doctrine uh, in regards to original brand material state says this, is that if you buy a shoe, but whether it's from the manufacturer, which I, I, I don't know what my third party gets it, or whether you get it from the actual brands, if it is the, if it is either the, if it's, if it's any part of the original material of the brands, of the, of the brands branded shoes, it is not considered a counterfeit or fake shoe. It will not, and, and, and technically- So if you make it out of the supposed, same material, then it's a real Jordan? It's the real Jordan. 
by the grace of all God. Yes. So long as it's the same. Okay, yes. you're nuts. That's not what it says. Mm. Okay, what the first sale doctrine says, Mr. Wright, is that if you buy a Nike shoe from Nike and then you want to sell it on eBay, Nike can't sue you for selling Nike shoes. That's what the first sale doctrine says. That that and is very says- different than what you think the first sale doctrine says. Okay, let me ask you, Mr. Rogers. Let me hear from you now. You get these shoes and tell me tell me what your impression was when you saw them. I was flabbergasted when I saw these shoes. Just like, did he really send me these fake shoes? As soon as I saw them, I know better. Why? Come on, man. I've been buying Jordan since I started working at the age of 14. I'm 46 now. I know the quality of Nike shoes. Come on now. That's not suede. That's not new buck. That's paper with velvet spray on it. Okay. <laughs> Synthetic leather. What else? Come on, man. Check out, check out the flaps on the sides. This the the uh the oh that right there yeah that's that's straight trash okay it, it's it's going it's going in the wrong direction okay the uh the flaps push down in the front of the shoe okay yeah, you see that you feel that yep you feel that I do it's just no you kind tell of... me Michael Jordan Nike you you are defaming the uh, Nike company you need to be sued by Nike <laughs> very very wrong that's what else is wrong it's thin it's not that thin I have I have two other pairs. Of the, the Jordans in that series. Why didn't you send me the real ones? Oh no, you don't your real ones. You, I should. I'd like to see your real <laughs> uh-uh. ones and compare them side by side. Nah, I, I'm not sending my real shoes anymore. Yeah, you can have those were. shoes. You can have those. Those shoes would never grace my feet. Never grace your feet. <laughs> never. All of the um, things that Janelle was saying has nothing to do with, with the shoe being fake or real. Nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to be. I'm so how's a person. Quote, wait a minute. If not by looking at it and nothing. saying this is an obvious fake because it doesn't use the word Nike Air anywhere um, because whoever made it didn't want to get sued, uh, <laughs> you know, because the gray is off, because the tongue is short, because the back is short. You know that the words because Nike versus- Air appear nowhere in the shoe, right? Not on the inside, I- not on the outside, not on the flap, not on the tongue. What year were these sneakers made? According to you, Mr. These, Wright. These were the ones made on um, 88 and 89. Okay, but you know and that... Let you let's right just now. start off, right off with this. You sent him a picture of the ones that came out in 2019 and told him you were selling him those. You know that, right? I told him that I was selling them them, and then when they came in to me, I got a little frustrated. I did oh, you at did, my right? third party. I right. Got, I got you a, did no. get frustrated yeah. because you felt really that you didn't get what you ordered. Right. I felt I didn't get and what I wanted. And then you send in pictures and video and you want the problem sure you had to become wanted. the problem he has. You want no, Mr. Rogers no. to eat it because you didn't want to eat it. Because when these came in, you got frustrated. Because I got to tell you, when no, these I, came in, he got frustrated, too. Right. Right. But the thing about it is that's why I do what I do. But that's why I sent him video and picture to ask him. Okay, you seem to, to think verify. that the fact, hey, hey, sucker, if you don't <laughs> tell me right now, I don't know if you're working right now, I don't know what you're doing, but if you don't complain right now, I'm sending you the fake. I mean, that's not how life works. He but hired you, fake he shoes, paid you to send fake. him a certain shoe. You either did or didn't send him the shoe. That's what I care about. There's two ways to go about this. One of them is, it's not the 2019, so it's not the one he ordered. And the other one is, it's a fake anyway. All right. Either but way, it's not a fake, we've it's got. Not a OK, fake. so let's talk about you wanted me to look. Yeah, there it is yeah. right there. So there, what you're showing right me is that on a different site, they sell Jordan 4 Retro 
Uh, but this would be 2012, and you're saying these are 1988s? What were you saying about these? Yeah, the I thought they were. I, I was going to tell you that right now. I, I got the Jordans confused. It was 2012 that I was going to set out, that I thought that I, that I, that I thought what I was sending them. So this is what they're supposed to look like. This is a legitimate 2012, correct? Right. Okay. Yes. The word flight here is in red, and the word flight on the picture is in white. That's a trademark thing. That's a trademark thing. I don't in other know words, what, that what I'm means. saying is that it has nothing to do with the original material. If the real ones were made with a second springing for a second color thread, then why are these red? Why aren't they white the way they're supposed to be? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. That the, 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 in regards to the trademark thing on the on, on the front on, on the, in the front, in regards to the trademark thing, it is it doesn't make it a fake shoe. It doesn't make it a, a counterfeit shoe. I don't because know what you're saying. If these were count. real Air Jordans, they w- the word flight would be in white at a minimum. Never mind that he didn't order the 2012s, he ordered the 2019. It was enough to make you say, whoa, and get upset. But you don't understand how you should be immediately refunding his money? Right, and I offered him, and, and, and aside of everything of what we've been talking about, Judge, I'm just going to do it like this. I, I, I told him, look, if you want a full refund, I'll give you a full refund. He didn't give me a chance. I usually I start a process in terms of the refund. I never told this man that I would not give him a refund. Never that I told him that. I told him it would be a process to get a refund because what, what, what does that mean? How said, would he get his refund? What's the process? He was going to send me the shoes back. I was going to give him his refund. Okay, so why am I there. here? If you were if you were willing to give him a refund, why am I here? Because I told him do not defame my business. If you do, then I'm going to have to take you to court. Okay. Actually, what well, happened he, is that right. he sent you a text saying, I will not send you these sneakers until you refund my money. Is that correct? No, he told me he was going to send me half my money on November 1st and the other half on December 1st. And I said, I seen you one shoe. <laughs> then I see you another shoe. <laughs> no, not going to do that. <laughs> Wait, that sounds perfectly logical. You. You then nobody's, nobody's ripping anybody off. I, I, I well, he didn't that. even send me the shoe. Judge, okay. he didn't send me the shoe. Yeah, but I don't, I, I'm pretty sure you didn't accept that either because I read the 50 pages accept, of text. I would accept it, whatever. If you just sent me the money back, everything would have been copacetic. Of course it would have, okay? I just got home and the... First look, I can tell these are bad, bad fakes, bro. I need a refund. This is your response. Not happy to give you a refund. It's we most definitely have to talk. Check this out, though, bro. And then you have first sale doctrine. So like you're, you're basically telling him, ha ha, the shoes I sent you are not close to being fake, bro. I made sure because I took them to the material and fabric shop here in Sacramento. And the worker there informed me these are the correct material usage. Like in your head, and I can tell from... From the things that you've said in the trial, you think that if it's the same material, then that's it. And you're totally misreading. That's not it. It's not. You can't pawn them off as real if they're not real. They're either made by Nike or they're not made by Nike. Plus, these shoes were U.S. Customs checked at least four times when coming from overseas. Well, I don't know what that means because Customs doesn't give a darn whether they're, you know. (laughs) You have to give me a legal reason why these shoes are fake because only a federal U.S. judge can legally deem these shoes a fake. Well, that's not true. And when you call shoes fake, bro, in order to get your money back, you have to take my business to court. Yes, you sound super, super helpful. So, yes, sir, you say to him, you can get your money back, but you legally have to literally prove in writing, explaining how the shoes are fake. And when you prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, that's not the standard in civil court, that these shoes are fake. 
then I'll be more than happy to give you your money back. All I'm saying, bro, that it's a process to get a refund. So the process isn't, oh, you send them back. The process is, <laughs> that's the process. You telling me these bogus blank shoes authentic, then you blind. You never and never had a real pair of Jordans in your life. The Jordans at Swaparama look better. And then later on, I told him I'll give him a full refund. Yeah, I know. If he sends you the shoes first, he doesn't trust you anymore because you pawned them off as real. And even you had a concern when you looked at them. And all you did was figure out if the material was the same, because in your mind, that means that they're real. I don't know why. And then you tell him, you know, ah, oh, sue me. And then you're surprised that things go down the way they do. Uh, Mr. Wright's case doing business as Schumer's against Mr. Rogers for defamation. I find in favor of Mr. Rogers. On Mr. Rogers' counterclaim, take these shoes back. You're giving him the $390 that he paid for the shoes back. That's my verdict. Good luck, folks. Thank you. So the plaintiff fails in his attempt to get $5,000 from the defendant, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Wright, you just heard the judge. You did not get the $5,000 judgment you were seeking. What do you think right now? Schumer's is over. I'm not selling shoes no more. I'm done. I'm 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 done. <laughs> I guess I I guess I don't know anything about the law, so don't worry about it. I'm I'm good. Thank you. Let, let Thank me you. ask you a quick question. What was the advantage of buying shoes from you rather than ordering the shoe from Nike itself? Explain that. Because Nike, you, it's hard to get the, uh, those particular shoes when they retro. A lot of, it's it's uh, kind of hard to get the shoe. Because they already everybody already got the shoe and or at least a brand new one, so they come to resellers. Uh, reselling is a, a billion dollar industry. I think you're you're yeah. doing the right thing. Get out of the shoe business. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be better. For I'm you. definitely getting out of the shoe. Sorry business. about that. I'm definitely getting out of the shoe business. <laughs> all right, all right, Mr. Rogers. Listen, you should feel pretty victorious now. You're right. You're dead right. There was not a real Nike shoe. You knew it all along, didn't you? Yeah, he got those shoes from Alibaba. I don't know where he got those shoes from. But he was bogus trying to sell them to me, thought I was not going to know better. So obviously it's a big business of doing rip-off Nike shoes, I gather. Isn't that the case? I guess so. I thought I was going with him because I knew him. I was trying to you know, say, support a black business, and I, I went wrong. All right, good enough. You're going to get your $390 back. Congratulations, and uh, good enough for standing up for your rights. So the defendant won his countersuit, but something interesting was said in the courtroom um, that the defendant made the comments about the fake Air Jordans to warn other potential customers, and that's why he did it. The reality is this. If it is true what he said, and it is, that these were fake Air Jordans, he doesn't need to be that high-minded. He doesn't have to say, I'm doing it for a higher purpose. If he states the truth, that is a defense to defamation. Truth is a defense. You may have heard that in the past. It is simply true. And when you make a truthful statement, you don't have to have a reason behind it. It's good enough. Judge John, do you like old school or new school pinball machines and why? When people talk about old school pinball games, they're usually talking about electromechanical games versus the new solid state games, which are, you know, have computer uh, components and circuit boards, etc., where the older ones were electromechanical with switches and relays and a little less complicated. Um, and they were like early 70s and, and earlier. 
uh, the electromechanical ones. I don't have any of those. I only have the. Oh my! Ones. You're same ancient. You uh, don't have any from the. No, 70s? no, I have some. We have Bullwinkle and Rocky. Years, yeah, that what? one's like 20, 20 years old or, or thirty years old, but that's not that old in the pinball. No, now. I'm surprised they were manufacturing them only twenty right. years ago. But I love the I love the old games. The old games have shorter flippers. Some of them are like two inches instead of the three inch flippers you see on modern games. It makes it a little tougher. I think they're more challenging. But they're magical, and they they take you back because the themes and the the sights and the sounds from your childhood are in those games. So so basically, the net net of all this is that we're right. old. We yeah, just want what dinosaur. reminds us of our youth. Exactly, I'm trying to yeah. recapture my youth. Yes. Somehow. <laughs> so long, farewell, aloha, and a Zane. We'll see you next time.